Welcome to the Music Grind Podcast. This is episode 16. Welcome back to The Music Grind, and if it's your first time, welcome. This is the podcast where I talk to working musicians to get a a day-in-the-life perspective, get a behind-the-scenes look. So if if you're not a musician yourself, um, this is a good opportunity to find out what it is we do when we're not on stage, essentially. I mean, it's pretty obvious what we do when we're on stage. Actually, let me not say that. There are some things that are not so obvious. But um, in this uh, this podcast, I'm trying to pull back the curtain a little bit, maybe break the fourth wall, all these other, <laughs> whatever other metaphor you want to use, that's what I'm trying to do. So to that end, you know, let me, let me tell you a brief little story about my weekend last week. Uh, by the time you hear this, it will be, have been two weeks ago, um, uh, most of what I wound up doing when I was not on stage was actually driving. I live in Tampa. I work in Orlando quite a bit. Um, but this particular weekend, I had a, I had a Thursday night gig. I had two uh, gigs, which is, if you don't know, that's, that's a job, essentially. Um, two gigs on Friday, two gigs on Saturday, and then uh, church, um, which, you know, some people consider it a gig. It is. And it isn't, for me, it's both um, on Sunday. And then I teach on Sunday. So most of what I did was driving from Thursday from Tampa to Brooksville. Played a show. That was fine. That was easy. It was good. And then Friday, drive to uh, from Tampa, um, like basically the downtown area of Tampa, straight to uh, to Orlando. Uh, just back to back, basically these times the, the when the first gig ended is I had to leave right away to make it and make sure I didn't hit traffic. Um, I got to stay in Orlando up early the next day after a late gig um, to UCF, which is on the opposite side of, uh, of, of four, of I-4 essentially, and then drive back, do that gig, drive back, same thing. As soon as this thing ended, I had to get out of there um, and make it in time down to uh, basically St. Pete. Um, so, and then, you know, play a whole other gig and I'm still tired and then, you know, go home, sleep for about, I don't know, two hours, get up and go and, and do, and, you know, be alert and aware, uh, and playing well, I hope at church and then, uh, go and, and teach. And then as soon as I got home crash. So the point is there's, uh, there's a lot of glamour or per, could be perceived as glamour. But, uh, and I certainly love my job and the times that I was playing, the time, you know, hanging with my friends and uh, all the different people in, in those bands was great. Driving around and losing sleep, not so fun. But that's the reality. That's what, that's what it takes. That's the, the behind the scenes. So there you go. You're welcome. 
Today's guest is drummer extraordinaire Jonathan Thomas. Uh, you may have heard of him from, uh, well, if you're in the area, from um, the area. You know, he's a major player here. And uh, he was in a group called Ascend the Hill, Christian group, which did tour nationally. Uh, you know, I don't know if they did any international, but definitely nationally. And they had some uh, some acclaim as they were coming up. And um, and then you may have heard of him through whatever other projects he has uh, he has been on. Um, so we talk about um, we talk about, you know, how he got started and 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 uh, paying your dues. And actually, this was one of my favorite conversations because we got to we got into something that is kind of tricky for us and this is you know this is negotiation this is um this is ethics work ethics and and you know it applies in in our industry still and um it was really fun to explore this with him and get his perspective and and the question we didn't answer the question because it's a we can't answer that question it's a it's difficult you'll hear it and maybe, you know, if you come up with your answers to the question that I posed to him, why don't you uh, email me or message me on Instagram? Uh, it's musicgrindpodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at musicgrindpodcast. And let me know what you think, what your answer to that question would be. Uh, the other, there's one other thing that he mentioned, man. I thought it was so good, and even in the moment, I thought it was, I thought it was so uh, illuminating. He was talking about how uh, he would do something, and one of the players that he was playing with would say, "Hey, that's too much." He'd stop him and say, "Yeah, that's too much. Don't do that." And he said, "That's the actual shed, man. That is so true. We we as musicians talk about the woodshed, the shed, meaning you know practicing and and getting better. But really, when when you're a, if you're a woodworker and you're shedding something and you're sculpting something, you're removing pieces to get to the final product, to get to the end goal. And isn't that the best thing?" removing refining thing our craft removing what we don't need um perfecting what we do and refining the lines the curves and and for for our craft i thought that was such a great um illustration of that metaphor uh actually a, a great application of that metaphor anyways i'm rambling so without further ado jonathan thomas Jonathan Thomas. Hello, hello. Hey, thanks for doing this. Yeah, man. Thanks for asking. Of I'm course. Stoked. Uh, you are you are an extraordinary drummer, uh, in my opinion. I played you, with you, and I've listened to you separately from playing with you. How did you get started on the drums? Uh, was that your first instrument? Drums? No, it wasn't my first instrument. Actually, True. I think I played violin. Yeah? Yeah, dude. Um, did violin, then did saxophone, and then got into the drums. Started playing when I was 13. Started violin when you were 13? Started drums, oh, drums. when I okay. was 13, yeah. Everything else before that, you know, was elementary school and yeah. uh, middle school. Besides choir, I did that. Yeah. But, you know, that honestly, choir, man, was being in chorus. I think that, that really helped develop just musicianship in general 
you know, so? like ear, mm-hmm. you're hearing harmony, singing parts. Yeah. Um, I, I still think that that was a big, big influence for me. Yeah. Um, do you still sing? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Not as much as I would like, but I don't get calls to. You can, uh, you can change that. <laughs> I could. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I started playing drums when I was 13 um, at church. Cool. Yeah. I went on a youth retreat. And uh, the drummer, I would always bang on the back of the pews and stuff, yeah. you know, I always had like the rhythm thing going. But um, when I went to a youth retreat, the drummer, he, his name was Rocky Jacobs. Okay. And he just, uh, he showed me the first beat. And yeah. I, you know, I picked it up pretty quick and the youth pastor saw me do it. And of course, any chance I could that weekend, I was behind those drums, you know. So I was also annoying him with how much I was <laughs> trying to play this simple, like, boom, doom, cat, tip, boom, doom, cat. Yeah. Boots and cats, the classic boots, boots and, and cats. cats. Yeah. Um, but on the way back, we, uh, we were in the bus, and I was in the back of the bus because that's where the cool kids are when you're trying to yeah, be cool. That's right. where you try to sit, you know? Yeah. Um, and he called me up to the front, and he said, uh, hey, if you want to come to youth room, I'll give you the keys because this was during the summer. So okay. I didn't have school. He's like, whenever you want, just come. I'll give you the keys and give you CDs and you practice along to those. This is the youth room at the church. At the church, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So I, I mean, I did that. And the youth pastor's name was Tony Bird. I credit Tony Bird, Rocky Jacobs, and uh, Danny Mendel, who's another drummer at the church, with getting me started. And... Who was, the, who was the one that showed you that beat? Was it Rocky, Rocky Jacobs? Or, it was yeah. Rocky Jacobs? Nice. You know what's funny? Okay. So I just found this out not too long ago. Um, playing at the, been at this point, been playing drums at the church for maybe a year. Okay. okay. So. So you were 14. I was 14. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe 15. Okay. Um, Rocky had some friends that he was in a, uh, vocal group with like an an ensemble ensemble <laughs> yeah yes. so they uh and it's like R&B gospel right nice. they come to and do something at the youth group now they bring in this little kid on drums and this kid is killing I mean he's probably nine at the time and he's doing stuff that I I mean my mind was just like <laughs> what is going on like how does he do that? How does he think like that? Yeah. How does he hear like that? I mean, it was it was different than anything I had ever heard, right? I just found out that kid was Marcus Thomas. Really? Yeah, dude. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Another great, another uh, great another drummer. phenomenal drummer from from here. Yeah, from here, yeah. playing with Jay Balvin right now, and um, such a good dude too. <laughs> but yeah, it was crazy. Like, I was like. When I found that out, I, I was I was blown away. So you didn't you didn't like that day you didn't go and meet him or ask or anything like that. Oh no, no I definitely did. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah, I was yeah I was, you know, the fly on the wall any chance I could get. Yeah. Like, just just listening, watching, and, um, yeah, trying not to. You know when when you're confronted with something, that otherworldly. Yeah. You know like. It's like I didn't even have a chance to be prideful. It was just kind of like, how can I be like you, yeah, nine-year-old right. kid? You know, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, did you grow up in a musical family, or was this your only exposure to music? 
I not necessarily. No, my my dad plays piano. Okay. Um, classically trained. Yeah. So he, when we had a piano in the house, he would teach me that stuff, and him and my mom did choir at the church. Okay. Yeah. You know, so. Is that why you were in the choir or the? Well, the- I was yeah in the choir back in middle school. I, honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but. So there was music going on, yeah. Um, but it wasn't like um, my dad would fiddle around whenever he could. He always says he's one of those guys that's like, I don't play. But then when he sits down and plays, you're like, blows you away. Uh, <laughs> no one else I know can do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, he was classically trained. Was actually going to do that for a while, uh, pursue that. But he just he says he felt that he wasn't good enough. To really, you know, take it to the next level or the level necessary. Um, But whenever I hear him play, I'm well. We can understand that. I mean, we're always our own worst critic. Absolutely, it's always like I can. I'm terrible. I need need to practice this. Yeah, it's like a weekly thought that I have. You know, yeah. (laughs) Understand that. So, so growing up, actually, at any time, let's see if. Put this question to you. Okay. Your top three influences on any instrument, because maybe it's not a drummer. Yeah. Maybe it's anything. Your who are your top three influences musically? Whew. Um. Man, the first thing that comes to mind are musicians that I know. Okay. So let me go there, just because. And I know there's more as far as like things I listened to when I was coming up, you yeah. know, like um, if I can have four, then I'll, I'll, I'll make that easy. Um, <laughs> you got to earn four. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, the, uh, oh, say that, that kid laughed. We're doing good. We're doing good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, my mom, when, when I was super young and she was a single mom and she would drive around, we would drive around in her Mustang that she oh, had. Yeah, nice. she, she was, she was a BA. Um, a BA. It's a badass. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> if she hears this, she'd be like, why did you say that? But <laughs> she was. Um, she would play old school Motown yeah, on the cassettes. Yeah. And, I mean, probably the same... I listened to the same two or three cassettes over and over and over and over again. Yeah. Temptations, Four Tops. Yeah. Um, Otis Redding. I mean, just all the all that. That was a huge influence for me. Because um, it just... It, it uh, wet my palate for, the, like, the soul. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And... Uh, I never lost that. Like, that to me is still the best, yeah. you know, type of expression. Um, so, besides that, local musicians, um, even on, on drums, I'd say Frank Richardson III. Oh, yeah. You know, I've heard AKA his name. AKA Third. Yeah. yeah. This dude, he, he honestly was one of the biggest reasons I got into the scene here in Tampa. How so? Um, Man, I, w- I was playing, I was actually doing, man, when did we meet? It was years ago. 
I think I met him at Sam Ash when he was working there at the time, and uh, he showed me some licks and stuff. So and what, like you just walked in to I buy stuff. I walked in to and, buy stuff. Yeah, and he yeah. was there, and then you know how how you do at Sam Ash. Yeah. You, you play a little bit. And, yeah, yeah. And hope somebody hears you. And, <laughs> you know. Um, but he he kind of showed me some stuff then, and that was great. And then I'm not sure how much time was in between. He essentially just took me under his wing. I don't, nice. I don't, that's a little bit fuzzy. Yeah. But we eventually, man, just started hanging out and I would go to the gigs. Cause he did hear you. Like you would play and then he did hear you. So you kind of did get discovered at a, at a Sam Ash. At a Sam Ash, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, uh, I guess so. And, and that's how, speaking of him getting me into the scene, that's kind of how things work, you know, word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I would go to his gigs yeah. and just, you know, eyes wide open, right. ears wide open, right. just like absorbing, you know. Um, he would play with this guy, Matt Winter. I don't know if you know okay. Matt. Yeah. Um, and they they just had this thing, man. It was such a, a cool original act. They would do covers, but they also had some originals. But, oh, um, okay. But they were so tight yeah. that I just, I really learned a lot about music specifically drums from third and he would come over to the house and we would set up two kits and go back and forth and wow. he was essentially being nice to me yeah you know like because when you shed with somebody you want to be able to be stretched yeah and i was the only one getting stretched you know <laughs> he was just getting a good workout in right you know um but that i mean that was those were huge years for me um, what, are, what are the kinds of things that that you guys were playing that was stretching you? Like, what, what is it that was... Oh, man. I mean, different, different ways to fill, do fills, different ways to... You know, it's easy to block off drumming into two categories, beats and fills. Oh, yeah. You know what okay. I mean? Right. You know, you play a beat, boom, boom, ka, boom, 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 ka, boom, boom, ka, fill, boom, 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 boom. Right, You right. know, and... and Honestly, depending on the style of music, sometimes that works. Right. But he just kind of opened my eyes to a different approach, um, a different touch to the drums too, you know? One that wasn't, it, it was clean, it wasn't bashing, mm -hmm. um, but I mean, man, yeah, so different ways to fills, different, different, um, Kind of like his fluidity. Like I'm, I'm very visual. So okay. when I would watch him play, I would see how free his limbs were. Yeah. You know, and that you don't know things are possible until you kind of are aware of them. <laughs> you know, right. and and I would see it, and I go, oh my gosh, that's that's how to be. You know what I mean? That's how I can be. You know, oh, I. It's possible to get your left foot to go constant while the rest of your body's doing yeah. something else and that's kind of what it looks like okay i got it he was actually one of the first people that um i remember him saying once that he never had a bad gig anymore oh wow right yeah yeah and i'm like that's a bold statement How, how's but how's he pulling that off well i think basically you get to a certain point and regardless of whether or not it was completely true again back to what we said we're our own worst critic yeah you oh, know right yeah but as far as what everyone else thought did he get the job done i think is what he could have meant oh, you okay. know and he was always getting the job done right um and i didn't 
realize that that was an option. I didn't realize that, that was possible. Uh-huh. You know, and he was like, it doesn't matter what kit I play on. I can play with any kick pedal. Right. You know, and, and at that time, and I think all drummers go through this, where it's like, you have your gear, yeah. your kick pedal, yeah. and if you're using someone else's, it doesn't, everything's off. Right. You know? Right. You get very nuanced. Um, and when he said that, I'm like, oh, that's an option? You can do that? You know, so it gave me stuff to strive for. Yeah. Basically. He gave me stuff to strive for. Um, so were, yeah. you, were you doing... Like, he's talking about gigs, and you're understanding him on that level. Were you already gigging? Were you already playing out? Yes. I want to say yes. And and that would... Right, because he said he you would go to his gigs. Did I would he... go to his gigs, and then eventually I would be able to sit in. He started playing oh, with the yeah. guy, uh, Mike MacArthur. Right. Um, okay. Who was uh, an amazing saxophone player. Yeah. Who also had an amazing band. And back in the day, they were... Um, they were just some of the... They were probably the baddest band in the area. And uh, I would sit in, you know, and... Oh, man. It, <laughs> talk about nerve-wracking. You know, these are the these are the, the, the cats, the guys that are up there, yeah. you know? And little old me just trying to, like, essentially sound like the guy that I just heard play. Right. You know? And... Um, would mess up and I remember one time I had friends come to we would all just come in to watch them and then I got asked to sit in yeah (laughs) so I'm up there and I know that I'm just not really doing it justice (laughs) you know like it's one of those moments where it's just the shame is in front of your friends yeah in front of your friends and (laughs) and everything and and I come back or come down and like I, I don't know if I asked them how do you think it went or something like that? Or I, maybe I said I was nervous and they're like, yeah, we could tell, you know, <laughs> you could tell you're nervous, you know? Yeah. And that's the worst comment for somebody to say when you are actually nervous. Like, yeah, we could tell you were nervous, right. <laughs> but you did great. You did great. Yeah. I mean, I could feel my face just glowing red, oh, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. but those moments are huge. It's educational. Educational, right? man. Yeah. Like I recommend because uh, I teach as well, you know, and I recommend to all my students, like, you have to have those experiences where you're, you know, you're embarrassed. You leave thinking, I don't know if I should ever play drums again. <laughs> wow. Or, or, you know, or essentially going, you either walk away saying, I don't know if I should ever play again. Or you're like, I need to go practice mm, desperately yeah. right now oh, yeah. before I ever play in front of people. I think Again. I've had more of those than the first one. It's yeah. like, oh my god, I, I, there's so much still left, you know, to practice, to learn. There's so much. Right. Let me, let me just go home and right. Not come out for for a week. Yeah. And, until I've got totally. This. Do you ever put your students in that? Do you ever bring your students to your gigs and be like, okay, here you go, get nervous? <laughs> I don't. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. But that's a that's a great idea, honestly. And unfortunately, some of the gigs are, uh, are just over. You have to be 21 or older. Right. You know, yeah. so a lot of my students are younger, too. But right. Um, but that's a great idea. I don't know why <laughs> I've never thought of that. Well, there you go. Man. There, thank you. I'm writing that down. Mental note. All right. Um, so so now you're you're gigging. How did you um, how did you 
start turning this professional? Like, what was the... Was it all just word of mouth from meeting uh, Third, from meeting Mike MacArthur, and then they just start moving you into, hey, this band needs a drummer, or can you sub in for this? Man, it really... As far as I can tell, besides, you know, the providence of God, (laughs) you know, like, it straight up was just word of mouth. Yeah. Um, And being out there, hanging out at jams and Ah. sitting in, meeting people, saying yes to everything. Yeah. You know, like saying yes to the $50 gigs because, you know, it's essentially paying your dues. That's exactly what it is, you know. Right. Um, And kind of tying back in the last question, the other two big influences in my life were Peter Mungaya, a guitar player, Mm -hmm. and Sam Martinez, a bass player. Yeah. I played with them um, with a gospel artist named Bobby Roman. Now, he was a uh, worship leader at a church locally, and that's how I got in with Peter and Sam. Uh, And Bobby was another huge inspiration for me. Um, But Peter and Sam were really like, they got me into playing jazz and kind of thinking about music different getting into odd times and so what was it before you like you're still on the soul thing you're still on the yes yeah, yeah, the soul thing the church thing okay where you know it's 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 pocket you know okay. playing pocket and and uh but but really not not stretching um the the theory st- side of things okay. you know and i mean pete and sam one of the greatest stories that i not greatest stories of all time. One of the stories that I always tell about them <laughs> yeah. is we would be in a non uh, in a rehearsal because um, we throughout the years we've always done our own little project um, and it's changed names once or twice. But um, was the current? We've never currently it's Spy on the Land, which oh, yeah. is because the lead <clears throat> singer is Guiana, yeah, um, who's a phenomenal singer, phenomenal, and it's it's essentially. It's it's her project, mm-hmm. but the backing band is it's is us. The you three know? of you, yeah. Um, but uh, anyways, being in a rehearsal and I do this thing, I do the lick that I just learned, you know, yeah. or the, the rhythmic idea that I just newly digested. And so, of course, I'm doing it every four <laughs> bars, or you right. know, as much as I can in one song. Right. And Sam looks over to me. Because he's, you know, right by my left. And he goes, hey, man, yeah, you know that thing you're doing? That da, 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 da yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and it's like those moments mm-hmm. are the most important to me. Yeah. You know, where you, you go, oh, man, okay, I can't do that. You know, right. and that's, that's literally the shedding that, you know, you look oh, for. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like just kind of uh, trimming the fat, basically. Um, so through playing with them too, Peter was actually in the group with Mike MacArthur. Okay. So there's another connection. Yeah. You know, and it just kind of grew, um, grew from there. Yeah. Played with different cover bands, um, would go out and meet different guys and, and eventually, you know, you're hanging out, you're talking, yeah, I play. Oh, well, can you do this? Yeah, sure. Let me come in and, and go from there. Right, yeah. like do this, like, hey, can you do beyond this such be and such Be on a gig, yeah. yeah, or okay. even sometimes it would be, uh, 
I mean, man, I remember I used to, and I still kind of take this approach. If somebody um, comes to me and says, hey, I'm writing something. I want some help with that. Or um, my first inclination is to say yes. Yeah. You know, just to, um, but not in a networking necessarily type of uh, vein as it was kind of back then. Okay. It's like, oh, I get a chance to do this. Yes. Okay. I, you know, you say yes to everything. Right. Um, now I'm a bit more picky, but I always want to say yes. Yeah. You know. Well, actually, that you know, you're talking about paying your dues and saying yes to like the fifty dollar gigs, and I understand that. And then it's like, this is. I mean, I guess this is gonna kind of jump jump around, but like, yeah. at what point do we say no to the fifty dollar gig? At what point do you stop paying your dues, right? Like, yeah. I, this is a more philosophical thing, but what, yeah. what's your thought on that? Like, I think it has to do with... Um, I think you start with... I do. I start with, it's not about the money. Okay. With that being said, uh-huh. right? If, if you can understand that then you have reasons for why it's not about the money. And sometimes you get calls for gigs that really weigh heavy on those reasons. On the other reasons. The other reasons, you know? And then so at that point, it's like, well, well, it is what it is. I mean, I still do stuff like that, whether it's church, whether it's um, a friend's recording, you know, project that, you know, if they can help cover gas, that just kind of out of a... I don't want to use the word respect because that that sounds a little too uh, haughty, if that's the right word to me. Like to go out of respect, you should pay me gas money. <laughs> but right. but I, you know that's what I would try to do for someone else. You know, out anyways. of friendship. Yeah, yeah, totally. But um, so I, at that, with that being said, I I think you start to. If you're getting calls, right, to do work, you know, if your calendar's getting booked, then you, by default, can be, you have to be more picky. Yeah. Right? So you don't double so, book yourself, you know. Yeah, exactly. So I think, I think, too, like, man, it's, if it's worth it to you for other reasons than, than the money, by all means, do it. Yeah. You know, there's no... There's no dues there, but there is kind of a path. You can almost see it where, you know, the lower paying gigs generally are, there's a reason they're lower paying. Right. Right. And so as you kind of move up, you know, in maybe towards your goal, maybe it's towards quality of the band, Mm -hmm. quality of venues. Right. You know, um, your... You, you know, that's why you would say no to something because mm-hmm. it's like, well, I, I'm getting actually calls for things that I think are of more uh, worth to me. Right. And that back there, that's not really like doing it for me. And I don't need to do that. Right. But hey, if the bills need to be paid. Yeah. You got to say you know, yes. You got to say yes. Yeah. Like for sure. There, I mean, there's been moments in the past three years where I'll say two years. Um, where stuff got really tight, you know? And it's like, there's no filter at that point. <laughs> you, yeah, know? You, it's like, you can't afford to what's say. The, yeah, yeah, what's the first call I get? Yes. Right. You know? 
And uh, honestly, I still take that approach generally. If, if, if I'm open, you know, I'll do some self-weighing, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Like, okay, what, what's the gig? What's it pay? You know, all the normal stuff. Sure. Should I hold out for something? Yeah, you know, that may or may not happen. That may happen. or may not yeah. happen. Um, right. But generally... That's always the risk, right? It's like that's if you absolutely the risk. If you think of if you think to yourself, "Oh, I'm gonna hold out," but like, you know, you could be making X or you could be making zero because you never know if something is gonna happen. Right. Next and, Friday. Uh, and you don't. And I learned this the hard way. You don't want to cancel for a higher paying gig, or uh, you know, if you if you get booked and then you get another call for a higher paying gig, mm-hmm. to to try to sub out the other one. Mm-hmm. That's super frowned upon. You know, I learned that the hard way because I've done that. Let's talk about what what was the hard way? What, what happened well, when you I, did that? Uh, specifically, I can't remember the gig, mm-hmm. but I mean, I've, yeah, I don't remember the gig specifically. I just know that that's happened. I've done that before. And where did I it, get a hundred, let's say a hundred dollar gig and then I get a, a call for a hundred dollar, a hundred fifty dollar gig mm-hmm. and you know, that 50 bucks is a big deal, quote unquote. So, um, at the time, you know, and, and so I would call around to try to get someone to fill it, you know? Um, and it just, that's not, it's, it's frowned upon, you know, because you got booked because of you. And now what you bring with you is a sound, uh, uh, there's a certain amount of trust Right. If there's experience with the guy that's booking you, you know, right. so to dismantle all that right. for any amount of money, is just no, no bueno. Now, I still do think that there, it's okay in some circumstances, mm-hmm. meaning if it's career moving mm-hmm. and it's something that you and the person that you're working with can understand. Right. You know what I mean? If it's something like that, um, then I think that should be okay. You know, right. like if I if I had a, a local bar gig and I get a call to do a tour with someone, yeah, I th- I think that's a you know that's a industry standard okay yeah. thing to do. Right, and and the person that's booking the bar gig is gonna hopefully they will understand. Okay, right. that's a much different. And they that's a much might, different level. They might not always. You know, they might not. That's right. Well, now <clears throat> so that brings in so many so many other questions that we could you know we could talk about i mean i've I've thought about it this way Mm. in terms of gigs and balancing that like these three things right there's the money yeah there's the music yeah and there's the hang so i think it's a great way to break it down you have to have at least uh, the ideal is three yeah but at least two of them right the hang and and you get to great play great music that's going to be a good gig yeah, and most likely yep. worth it. Or the money and the music or the money and the hang and you're playing like whatever, you know, music that you don't really care about. Right. That's still going to be a good, totally good gig. Um, but then it's like, let's, let's put some, uh, some numbers to it. A hundred dollar, a hundred dollar um, bar gig. A, and, and then somebody calls you and okay, let's, Let's get let's get real. Okay. Hundred dollar bar gig. Yep. That's booked three months away. The next day somebody calls you, hey, I've got this um this big fancy corporate thing for uh eight hundred dollars. 
It's yeah. still three months away, so it gives you plenty of time uh-huh. Uh-huh. to find somebody if you need to. Yeah. Um, it it's much big, much bigger difference financially. Mm-hmm. And then the music and the hang, it's all good on both of those gigs. On both of those gigs, yeah, the music and the hang. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Rubber meets the road. Right. Wow. Ethics. Um, so maybe this can just be a rhetorical question, even for the people listening. But, yeah. But but those are the kinds of things that we have to. You got to navigate. Balance. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's yeah that's so tough, man. Because three months away, it's kind of you know when you're quitting a job, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a, a way to do it. In, in the corporate world, you have two weeks' notice. Right. You yeah. know, there, there is some type of process to do this that makes it okay, right. you know? Um, I'd say, I, I mean, I would have, man, that is a, that's a tough one because ethically, I want to say no. Right. That it's not okay. Right. You know, but kind of, I don't want to say humanly, but kind of like in the, Listen, we we understand that this gig is three three months away, right? Um, and the price, the difference is so extreme. What you know? Then um, then I think it really matters. It depends on who the person booking the bar gig exactly. You know, that they're going to understand relationship. Yeah, yep. that's that's a great way to put it. Yep. I mean, that's that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we don't we don't have to stress about it anymore. No, it's fun. you just got my brain working now. <laughs> just, I'm I'm thinking about it. You know, it can be pretty pretty cutthroat out there. Yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, tell me about Ascend the Hill. Yeah. Um, I don't know much about the band because by the time I moved here to Florida, you guys were already. I guess I moved here in 2008. Then I started hearing. I started hearing your name from somebody, and I don't remember, and, oh, Jonathan Thomas, and he's with that band Ascend the Hill, and I'm like, I just got here. I don't know them. Okay. But then I was like, then I, you know, would hear more, oh, yeah, they're on tour, this, this and that. Yeah. Um, so how did that get started? And tell me about, um, tell me about tour life. Yeah, man. Um, well, it, it got started. I was playing in a, um, a top 40 band um, at the here locally and we were gigging you know two to three times a week uh the keyboard player in that band had a relationship with a guy named joel davis who's the lead singer of ascend the hill okay at this time of course it was not ascend the hill joel was playing for this uh event that was going on um in lakeland and he needed a drummer so this uh mutual friend of ours name's matt edwards i feel like i'm name dropping tons of people but and Not intentionally. These, these are, are all these are my names. buddies, man. Yeah, these um, are all names that I've, I have all. I've heard all these names. Holy cow! Um, Played with all these cats. So Matt, <laughs> Matt uh, gets me on the the church thing with Joel. Okay, and um, basically, Joel and I, and I'm not sure who else was in the gr- the band that played that event. Not exactly sure. I think it was um, his brother, Seth, who's also in this in the hill. Um, but it wasn't his other brother, Gabe, who was the first bass player for us in the hill. It was someone else. But anyways, it really just, it vibed well um, instantly. We were able to worship and 
and kind of quote unquote get in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and just flow together. It it was it was really good. So we did a few of these events, and Joel at the time his had a solo project called Ben Davis. Okay. He got booked a thing in uh, New Jersey to do something in New Jersey. Nice. He's like, why not make a tour out of it? And then he asked me, hey, do you want to play drums for this tour? I think it was a two-week run, maybe. Okay. Now, including two weekends, okay? So, which I don't know if you can have a two-week tour without including two weekends, can you? <laughs> no. Anyways. No, probably not. It's a, yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter. So, I at the time, though, am playing in this cover band, and we're gigging every weekend, and I can't, you know, this is one of those gigs where they don't want me to sub out. Because right. if I sub out, like, I'm a part of the, the band. Uh, we're going back to that. Yeah. That you know, issue, like, yeah. your role is vital. The amount of information you know. Right. The different arrangements, you know, to right. get a sub, that means everyone else is going to have a significantly harder time. So, and I have, I had tried to get subs before. And it's like, a, it's it didn't a work. Yeah. no-go, you know? Mm. So, after one of these services that we did with Joel, that I did with Joel, um... He asked me about the tour, and I'm like, okay, if this is supposed to be, right, this is a God thing, I'm going to call this guy right now, the booking, uh, the manager, and ask for this time off. Right. And if it works, it works. So I call him, and I phrase it this way, and I don't know why I did. I just did. I was like, hey, man, I'm going to need this amount of time off. <laughs> you know, like I'm like running things. Like, yeah, I'm going to need this, uh, this such and such date off. And I think it was like a month in advance, you mm -hmm. know, and and uh, the manager goes, okay, yeah, just uh, give me the specific dates and uh, let me know. And okay, it's just so nonchalant about it. Wow. Like, so boom, now we're on our first first tour. Nice. And that wasn't. It was still Ben Davis. Okay. Is that his? Is that his ben, name or he Benjamin just is his. Middle name. Oh, I see. Okay, he just didn't. He didn't just pick a random name. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so we did that tour, and on that, actually, maybe it was the subsequent tour, was when the name changed. Okay. And, um, we recorded our first record as in that as that lineup. Um, as Ben Davis. As well, no, I'm sorry. As Ascend the Hill. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Um, but with that same group of guys. Same people, yeah. And then it just it progressed from there. Cool. Yeah. You said talk about touring life. What is life. tour life? Yeah. The, you, you know, like um, the, the daily grind, the, the music grind of yeah, tour the, life. You yeah, know? exactly. I think the key word in that is grind. Yeah. Because um, it certainly is that. Um, you know, you mentioned those three things. Uh-huh. Right. Money. The money. Music and the hang. Yeah. Um. We definitely weren't making tons of money. Okay. <laughs> the music and what we were doing, I'd say, was the main focus of it. Okay. You know? And I learned very quickly, though it, even even more so later in, I mean, with other, to other tours that I've done, um, but I was, those are the formidable years that I was learning this, that it's, touring is literally 80% about the hang mm. you know like it almost has nothing to do with the music as far as what makes it work okay 
You know what I mean? Because you can you you spend of your twenty four hour day. You know, we were doing church services, so let's say we we had an hour and a half, right. two two hours at most on stage of music. Right. You know, some would look at that as the point, um, but that's not what made it work. What made it work was the other twenty two hours, right, of hang. You know, and and learning how to essentially be married to three other people. Right. You know, you're in a bus with the same people and a lot of fun stuff happens. Like you get an inside, um, inside jokes and, yeah, you know, right. things that, you know, when you all four hang out with other people, you start making jokes and that no one else knows what the hell you're talking about. Right. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's fun and you get real close. Um, and hopefully that is a good thing. Yeah. And unfortunately that's not always the case, you know, but for us it, it, it was, and I was probably the weirdest one of the bunch. And so <laughs> how, how so? Oh man, that's, that's a whole, that's a whole that's thing. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole other podcast. I, yeah. That's a whole other thing. Um, so it's all in a, you meant, you Van, bus, you guys are like driving yourselves, you guys with yep. your own gear and doing all that. So it's all like the, the pulling the a trailer. Work, call it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, I mean, I guess that's your, that's your life from like, so you like take rotations driving and all that stuff? As much as we could, yeah. yeah. Um, and as normal, there's always one guy in the band that kind of likes to do the driving the most. Okay. Sometimes out of necessity, like when you. Um, don't have a valid driver's license, which happened to me one time. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it worked out. I mean, I never had to drive, but, you know. <laughs> Otherwise, um, you get pulled over. That actually happened with, um, I play with a, a band called Civilian based out of Nashville mm -hmm. by way of California <laughs> or based out of California by way of Nashville or by way of Pens or Fort Lauderdale, Florida. <laughs> um, but yeah, that during that tour, I had one of the last tours I did with Civilian. I had no valid driver's license, so I couldn't drive. But it was great. Worked out great. It was great oh, for guy, me, guys. My yeah. license. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so you mentioned teaching. You're doing. You're teaching as well. Mm -hmm. um, what are the things that you do? The points of this podcast is to talk about things that we do, the kind yeah. of work. What is the kind of work that you do for that? Like, how do you prepare for that, for, yeah. for your students, different levels of students or whatever, you mm -hmm. know, what, what's well, entailed there? Um, for me personally, it's, an, I'm, I'm essentially learning how to teach. Okay. You know, it's been a process for me. I started out years ago and was really good at and I I feel like I am good at assessing the uh, you know I'm looking at a brick wall right now behind you I'm good at assessing the holes in the wall okay. and in the foundation and going okay we need to fill that in we need to fill that brick in to get you know a player up um, I'm good at or have been good at you know explaining things to start a kid but I've had to learn how to develop a student once they once they're able once to do they're something kinda, yeah, yeah once yeah like learning what the right thing to teach them next oh yeah that's yeah that's the uh the uh, 
the thing that I feel like I'm still learning. I'm mm-hmm. developing my own curriculum, essentially. Okay. Um, and that's kind of what I'm working on nonstop. And, and so every lesson I kind of have little notes that I write and um, little things that I try to keep, um, little, little tidbits of information yeah. that I try to, to keep that says, hey, when this is happening, do this. Or this idea develops this in a student. And so it's kind of like brain, quote unquote, brain dumping, as they say. Yeah. These little, little things. And I, um, I keep notes of all my students and their progress. So then when the next lesson's coming up, I kind of go, okay, this is the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I write down during the lesson, they're here, but this is where I want them. Okay. So that way when I'm trying to figure out what to teach, I, you know, with so many students, you, you, it's nice to have a note about it. Right. So I can look down and go, okay, this is where we're trying to get to. How do I get from A to B? Yeah. You know, and, and that's kind of how I prepare that's a great idea mm-hmm. to, have, to have those notes. Uh, have you? That's just that's just for um, for current teaching. Have you thought about um, you know publishing that in some form? Because the here's what struck my my interest is this idea produces this in a student. So that's applicable um, to any student, really, any instrument, but even any student. Hey, yeah. this idea will produce this. In a math student or yeah. in a whatever. Yeah, I uh, I won't I won't lie and say that it's not an idea that I have. It's actually like pretty fresh idea. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I'm toying around with uh, writing a a book with these with these things in it, but yeah. I'll just leave it leave it like okay. that. Yeah. Hopefully, that's something that happens in the very near near future very cool yeah very cool um well actually what what is next the the book it will be next but what are you working on now willing um man honestly my my kind of i say weekly grind you know is a combination of just practicing Mm -hmm. um which man i love to not love to talk about that, but that's been the biggest lifeline for me. Just getting back into freaking practicing. Let's let's talk about it. Why why like, is that? You. I mean, you don't you don't realize. I, I learned this when I when I started playing in church again. Um, I didn't realize what I had lost until I had it again. Okay. If that makes sense. It's a little yeah. backwards to what. You know, you don't realize what you have until you don't have it. Until you lose well, it. I, I didn't realize what I lost until I had it again. Like, I started playing in church and realized, oh, man, this is that flow that I that I miss. And, and it's the same thing with practicing. Like, I didn't realize what I had lost until, until I started, like, um, just, you know, shedding con- consistently for a week. And then that next week, you're like, oh, man, yeah. I, can, I can get these ideas out. What have I been doing? I've been, I've been, you know, working on, I've been playing from old inspiration or Ooh. old, you know, for so long. Yeah. And I, it's funny. I actually realized that in myself. There, there was a period of time, even last year, where I just felt really like I, I wasn't, I wasn't practicing. I wasn't, you know, pursuing my, my craft at all. And I was still working, but I, I, I felt like, man, this, 
I'm starting to decrescendo. Uh-huh. Like I, I'm 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 writing on old old uh, what's the word investment. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. The bank is running running on e. I don't have much left. Right. Like I gotta. I and so once I started putting time in, it was like, oh, there there. There it is. You know, there's the whole reason I do this because I enjoy, you know, these, um, the the new the new boundaries, pushing boundaries and stretching yourself. And now, is that is that the only, is that the only investment? Like, are you listening to new music to catch new inspiration, or is it only what you're doing in, in the, the practice? Yeah. Um, I wish I would say that I listen to more music than I do, but I don't. <laughs> I really don't. Like it's so stupid. But my Instagram feed is full of drummers. Mm. And it's it annoys the heck out of my wife. <laughs> But like constantly, I mean, we live in a day where there's so much information out there. Yeah. You know, yeah. like new new licks idea, new lick ideas, new patterns, new independence exercises. Yeah. I mean, They're all over the place, so I'm constantly inspired in that way. Okay. I actually have to purposefully make myself go. Wait a second. Wait a second. Okay. <laughs> Stop all the tricks and all the weird stuff. Like, let's just practice groove. Listen, you yeah. know, listen to how this guy is playing the ride cymbal and see how it fits in the song. Okay. I have to be intentional about that stuff. Okay. The the inspiring challenges. I have no short of that. Just because of my freaking Instagram feed, <laughs> like, yeah. right? Yeah. Cool. I mean, I, I I gotta confess, I feel like I'm musically. I feel like I'm where you were describing yourself a year ago. It's like, yeah. It's like, man, I, uh, I'm, I, I'm. I told my wife a few days ago, and she was she like rolled her eyes at me. I said, I've been playing. Don't you for love that? Yeah. Is that a wife thing <clears throat> to roll the eyes? Maybe. I think it is. I, I told I said I'm, I've been playing for 23 years. I've been playing bass for 23 years, and I, I, I'm, I feel like I'm not where I should be for saying over 20 years, and right. I can't do this or I don't right this. And she's like, oh, whatever. But but it's it's true. It's and and we understand this. But I feel like I'm that. So I, maybe I, I need to get into the same thing that you're like. Just and get into the routine of the yeah. practicing again. And full circle, we are, you know, our worst critic. And mm. it sounds like your wife's eye roll was actually a good thing, a good eye roll. Yeah. Because it's yeah. like, you don't know how good you are R right. type of yeah. thing, you know. But um, <clears throat> but still. That, that's exactly what it was. That's, what, yeah, 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 that's yeah. what it was. But it's still, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. I'm, I'm, I get it, man. I think that little... And schedules are a factor, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that type of grind where, um, where it makes it hard. But, I mean, literally five minutes of intentional sitting down and doing something. I think consistency is, is the biggest thing, you know. Like, if I can put 10 minutes on a practice pad a day with mm. – and I, I personally have a, one thing that I'm working on, which is just time and feel – And I, I, I will literally, if I can sit and play quarter notes at 50 BPMs and mess with the metronome where it's like it's on for a beat or on for two beats and off for two beats, and I do that yeah. for five, five minutes a day, mm -hmm. 
I'm, I'm significantly more um, consistent in my playing mm. with my time and feel. I just I try to do a little something like that every day. And then, then I feel productive. I'm honestly. stealing that idea. Yeah. And it's recorded so I can go back and listen. I'm taking <laughs> that. I like that idea. And it, it applies to every instrument. It's not just drums. I, I mean, I got to be able to do the same thing on bass. Oh, dude. I Actually, LaRue Nicholson, um, guitar player, mm-hmm. he sent me this thing that I'm working through. I'll send it to you. It's a free um, guide through developing your feel. Okay. And, you know, I've gotten through the two or three of those lessons and that's just all I do mm-hmm. and it's essentially the same thing that I'm saying but it really breaks down some cool um, in some cool ways the idea of playing in time and what it is and and why we stress you mm-hmm. know and, and how yeah. to get out of that that mindset you know you mentioned your wife um, yeah you're newly beautiful married wife. To, is, has it already been a year it will be a year January 1st Jim. Okay, that's what I, I was trying to remember if it was 2016 or 17. Yeah. Uh, so almost congratulations. Coming up for on that. a year. Yeah. Yeah. How are you? How are you uh, balancing? How are you finding? I mean, I'm I'm fairly I'm only o- over a year by a few months. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's it, they say marriage is hard work. It is. It is. Uh, so how are you finding that this new thing, marriage? And now practice and, and, of course, work. We yeah. work opposite schedules from most normal people. Dude, you know, the, how's that been for you? It's, I mean, if we're talking about marriage in general, it, you know, and if this, for me personally, if this is supposed to be the hardest year, we're going to do great. Nice. Because it's been, it's been, you know, we've had our challenges, whatever, but just like anyone, but it's been awesome. Um, we've had the learn how to do the schedule thing. Mm-hmm. But I think we both went in um, knowing that it was going to be hard, you know. And I think for her, it was harder up front because, um, like me, I've just been doing the schedule my entire life. Right. Or not yeah. my entire life, but yeah. Um, yeah, since I was five, I was <laughs> out of the bars. <laughs> um, but... You know, so I've just, I've kept doing my schedule. Her schedule has kind of changed a bit to be able to hang out. Right. You know, like staying up later, even though she has to get up earlier. Right. You know, um, but I mean, Shyla is my wife's name. She, she's just, she's been awesome with it. Um, it has its challenges. We still don't get to hang out. I mean, if we stop and think and go like, man, we haven't had a date night in I don't know how long. Like it's ridiculous, you know. We we have a a daughter, a step a stepdaughter for me, and mm-hmm. so there's there's things that affect going out at night, and, right? You know, on on off nights, quote unquote off nights, right? Um, but so it's it's just kind of it's difficult. It's something that we're having to still work through, and really just kind of swallow. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, we haven't mastered that, the schedule aspect of it, you know, but I think just having the attitude and the right attitude and the approach to saying, okay, we just, we, this is what it is. We're going to, we're going to work it, work through it. Yeah. You know, um, that's, that's what's keeping us 
That's moving great. forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's great. Practice yeah. is a thing. You know, she, right now she works at home a lot. Okay. Um, so that's cool because we get more time together. Right. Right. Um, because even when I'm, if I'm not teaching or gigging, I'm at home trying to work through some curriculum stuff or I'm at home watching Netflix, which is very important. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so we're getting some time together, you know, and, and that's cool. If you're, um, if you're watching Quincy, that, that uh, documentary, it's market research or research. on Yeah, exactly. Know, it's, it's, exactly. It's, yeah. You're working. <laughs> Dude, the evolution of hip hop. Oh, that's on my list. I haven't watched it. It's great. That, it's amazing. Yeah? It's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so yeah, practicing, she's supportive. You know, I'm like, oh, I got to go practice. It's funny because when you're not a musician, to hear, you know, oh, I got to go practice, it's kind of like, what? Why? You, you know, the natural inclination is to kind of <clears throat> say, like, why do you need to practice every day? Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. As and, if that's not part of your job. Right. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't practice every day. I wish I did. I have my little time, you know, my five minutes. Yeah. Almost every day. But, you know, going and actually playing on a drum set, I don't have that as much as I would like. Right. There were some weeks when I did. And, but she just rolls with it, man. That's which, great. Which has been, uh, great yeah she's a she's really understanding and supportive and um she's also an she's an actress too so she gets that artistic yeah development side of things good you know good um so it's good uh, so you you have a i mean talking about drum set that's that's a loud instrument there are ways to muffle it there are different heads or i know but like i think i have it a little bit easier i can just put headphones on and then not disturb anybody yeah but I read in it. You know the book by Zorro, uh, the Big Gig. I, I know of it. Yeah, it's a really good book. Is I, it? Yeah. Okay. It's every day that I um I have a habit of like reading at night. Yeah. You know, like right before bed. But it's this the kind of book that's like very inspirational. So I read something and it's like <laughs> it's late. Yeah, you get it's late. stoked. I'm like, yeah. oh, I gotta. Oh, no, but I gotta go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I gotta do this. I gotta. Right. Oh, I gotta go to sleep. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but he talks about in in one of the sections he talks about, you know, his wife and all, and they he happens to have like. Uh, uh, Zorro played with Prince. I mean, yeah, he had the big gig. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. yeah. But he has like he talks about he has a, a shed outside or something. He's got his studio and his drums over there, so it's not really disturbing the, anybody in the house. But mm -hmm. he talks specifically his wife, like they've they she just come to understand that's part of his job. Yeah. And he says, oh, yeah, I'm going to go practice. Yeah. That for her, that's... I'm going uh, to work. I'm going to work. Yeah. Right. And it's like, wow, that's that's great. That's good. And it's, you know, it, it, it is a balance because, like, you could, like any other job, you could spend all your time at work and never with your family. So yeah. we do have to be very careful with that, yeah. you know. And I think, you know, back to uh, that whole idea of running out, running on E, essentially. Yeah. Running on fumes. Yeah. <laughs> you know... It's hard for my wife to understand that I need to practice when I don't act like I need to practice. Hmm. I'm working I, without practicing. Right. You know what I mean? Like right, that's the right. thing. Like I was I was working and getting gigs and and that that was the norm. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I knew that when I'm at the gig, I'm not on point. Right. You know, but to her, it's like you had a job, you did it, you got paid, everyone was happy. <laughs> What's the problem? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so that that's just interesting. I When you're talking about that, I realize, oh, man, there's definitely a correlation between me feeling the need to practice and recognizing that and th- thus in turn mm-hmm. my wife realizing oh oh yeah that is a part of your job right because that's that is a foreign thing even for me to think about that like i'm yeah. gonna go i'm gonna go to work but i go practice right that's a beautiful i love that <laughs> i love that like that's the work right you know what i mean because that's fun yeah yeah you know what i mean like that's very cool, but definitely not. A, uh, I can see that not being a normal way to think. Right. Yeah. I guess then it's up to us to learn how to express that. Yeah. What's um, what's a way that we can keep up with you? Um, Where can we follow you? Instagram, Jonathan Thomas Drums. Um, my website, JonathanThomasDrums.com. Um, let's see. Twitter, um, Jonathan Thomas without any without drums vowels. Oh, without vowels or okay. drums. <laughs> so it's J N T H N T H M S. Which I kind of wish I would have kept that for Instagram, for Instagram and stuff too. Yeah. But someone gave me the advice of of essentially branding. Mm-hmm. You know what I do, and so that everything is the same. Everything's the yeah. same, yeah, and it it works. Um. So yeah, I guess that's the that's the best the best way. I don't really post, you know, on Facebook about gigs and right. unless it's you know, um, well yeah, I'll just say that I don't really post. <laughs> I don't really unless, post. No nothing. Yeah, unless yeah. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I can't I can't invite people to come see me play at a wedding. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh man. Which is the season as it we were saying. Is the season. That's right. For it's a very wedding. busy wedding season right now. And it's about to be the you know the whole corporate holiday holiday party kind of right, thing. Right. Um, I have one on Thursday, and it's just going to be happening. It's true, and I've gotten that question, you know, when like, oh, oh, where where are you playing these days? Where can we go hear you? Yeah. Nowhere. Nowhere. But I I promise you, I'm working. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> that's a good problem to have, because that means you're like you're doing gigs that are paying very well. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Generally speaking, it's like, yep, private events. Yep. Sorry you can't come, but just know that I'm making a living. <laughs> so it's good. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, very cool. Well, we will all go check you out on Instagram. Cool. And, um, man, thanks for doing this. I really Dude, appreciate it. thank you it. so much for inviting me. For real. Yeah. It was great. There you have it. Jonathan Thomas paying his dues. Uh, talking about the shed and talking about, you know, ethics. You heard the question, what would you do? Which gig would you take or what conditions? Uh, email me musicgrindpodcast at gmail.com or message Instagram. Uh, message me on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> I need a verb in there, huh? At musicgrindpodcast is the Instagram. Now, go and check out Jonathan. If you don't know who he is, uh, you should. You need to. At Jonathan Thomas Drums is his Instagram. 
jonathanthomasdrums.com is his website. Uh, and you heard, uh, you know, he is available for lessons and such. And at, at this exact moment, I don't have any further information on that book. Although I personally am very interested in getting that uh, when it does finally come to fruition. Uh, because it seems incredibly interesting. And because I teach and I would like some help. <laughs> and I think that would help. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, please um Leave a review on whichever app you happen to use. We are on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, and of course um, on the website musicgrindpodcast.com. And uh, leave a review, make sure you subscribe, and probably most importantly, share it with your friends. If you are a musician and someone I'm, I, I'm pretty sure you've gotten this question sometime in your life. What do you do for a living? Um, you can share this podcast with them to try to answer that question, at least in some parts. And if you are, if you're not a musician, thank you for listening. And also share with your friends and say, hey, I found this interesting thing, this interesting podcast. Um, so, yeah, there you go. At Music Grind Podcast, uh, musicgrindpodcast.com, musicgrindpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, hope you're noticing the trend. <laughs> Next episode will be slightly different. There is, even though this podcast is on Spotify, there is a thing happening, a legal battle happening with Spotify, uh, Google, Amazon, and who's the last? Pandora. And I'm going to talk about that because it affects us, musicians. Whether you write songs or not, it's, it affects songwriters and publishers. And I just want to, um, I have a microphone in front of me and I want to say stuff. That's basically it. All right. Uh, so there you go. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, stay safe out there. And... Uh, Oh, I said that in a reverse order. Anyways, see you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>